This weekend, my five-year-old daughter had her third soccer game of her life. She's playing in a league where there are five, six, and seven-year-olds. And typically what they'll do is they'll split up the girls into their different age groups. So the five-year-olds will go with the five-year-olds, the six-year-olds will go with the six-year-olds, and then the seven-year-olds with the seven-year-olds. And, you know, the first two weeks, she has been dominant in the five-year-old group. She scored three goals in week one, four in week two, and was excited to go and score some, some more goals this weekend. They split up the girls, and then randomly, her and another girl were selected to go play with the six- and seven-year-old age groups that were combined for this weekend. They were bigger, faster, and just more experienced. And as we prepped for the game, she said to me, I'm going to score on these girls, Dad. And by all means, she definitely gave it her very best effort. She never gave up. She kept running. Had a couple of moments where she was breaking away from the other girls, but they would catch up to her. And I could tell she was a little bit discouraged, but she kept going until the end and even had some nice saves when she played goalie at the end of the game. She did not score a goal. And is that a failure? Maybe by true definition, she did not meet the goal that she had set forth for herself, right? She did not score that goal on those girls. But if we focus not just on the end result, but the achievement, maybe it's not a failure, right? Look at it a different way. She realized, hey, I can hang with six and seven-year-olds that are four, five, six inches taller than me and faster and have played one or two extra years. Yeah, they're good. They're a bit faster. But next week... You know, when I'm in those, with those five-year-olds, even if I get called back up to the six- and seven-year-old group, I'm going to be more confident and more able to take on that challenge. Now, most of us don't play soccer anymore, right? But we do face similar failures in our life. And today, we're going to talk through failure, how we define it, how we can accept it, and how we can use it to fuel ourselves to grow. Episode 15 of The Greatness Blueprint starts now. The first thing we want to talk about today is the many different faces of failure, right? Failure is multifaceted. It's a concept that can manifest itself in numerous different aspects of our lives, encompassing both personal and professional and a variety of different spheres of, of our life. So there's three different concepts we want to talk about today. First is personal failures. Second is professional failures. And third is societal failures. They all play a factor into our lives in some way and we'll touch on all of them briefly. So first, personal failures. This is the one that we deal with every single day, right? These are the things in which we fall short of our own expectations, maybe our own ideals, our own values, whether it be in relationships with other people, whether it be health, right? Our pursuit of healthiness and fitness, or maybe it's just other personal goals, whether it's starting that business or you know, going and having a tough conversation with somebody that you've been putting off, right? Those are just those small personal goals. And we don't always achieve those goals, right? These failures can lead to us being, you know, a little bit down in the dumps for a little bit. Maybe we have to be a little bit more introspective and look at some self-discovery. And they force us to really confront some of maybe our weaknesses, our shortcomings, our limitations, and different areas of improvement that allow us to then go back into each of those areas and have success. All right. So for example, if you're in a relationship and you have a disagreement with a partner, 
right? That doesn't mean you give up. That means that you take a moment to be introspective. What could I have done different in that situation? What were my actions that led to that situation? You come back together, you have a conversation, and you work together to resolve that conflict. Right? And you're better off for it moving forward. It's one of those things where, yeah, it was a failure in the moment. You were able to resolve it. You were able to grow together and move on. Same thing with health. right? If you're somebody who goes to the gym and does maybe lifts weights, this is something that you are failing almost every time if you're pushing yourself. For me, I've been on a, a journey of trying to rebuild my strength. And so an example of this is I've been pushing myself to failure on lifting heavy weights. And as a result, over the course of the last six weeks, I've been able to push myself to new personal bests in a variety of different lifts. I've squatted more than I have in five years. And I've bench pressed more than I have in my entire life. Right? If I would have said, you know what, I hit a failure, I'm not going to keep going, I would have never reached that personal best. And so taking that in your health journey to say, yeah, I'm going to reach failures, but that is how I'm going to propel myself is an example of per turning a personal failure into a success. And often these personal failures can be emotional, right? It's not always going to be something in which you recover quickly, like lifting weights. Maybe you got to the point where, you know, you were kind of burned out with working out and therefore you're taking some time off. And as a result, you maybe got to the point where you weren't happy with your physical fitness. I've certainly experienced that at times. And so it's one of those things where, it, yeah, it's going to be a roller coaster where you can be down in the dumps. But if you can pick yourself back up, acknowledge some of that emotion, maybe it's feelings of disappointment, regret, insecurity, whatever it is, taking a moment to say, yeah, I failed. Just saying that, right, can make you feel like, put it out there. Get all that dirty laundry out there, right? Not trying to hide it, not trying to push it to the side. It's going to be there. If you don't acknowledge that feeling of failure, of not living up to your expectations, then you can't resolve it. Put it out in the open. And you're able to resolve it with some resilience, some grit, and move forward. Second type of failure we want to talk about today is professional failure. And, you know, this is the one where we have different opportunities, whether it's in your career, maybe you're starting your own business. Maybe it's just a relationship that you have at work, right? That's maybe not something that's outside in your personal life. These failures can also teach us a lot of valuable lessons about being adaptable and, you know, taking risks and some of the importance of perseverance in the face of adversity. And so if I think into my own professional career, I often look back at the people that left my team. I'm somebody who's been in a leadership position for the last seven years, and I've had some really good people that have ended up leaving the company to go do other things. And in those moments, I personally felt like I wasn't a good enough leader. I missed the mark. I didn't give them the validation or the support that they needed to continue on with my company and on my team. I'm sure we've all heard the phrase, people don't leave companies, they leave managers. And I took that personal, right? If somebody's leaving my team, I, I feel like I failed. And only, you know, over the last few years have I realized that that's not always the case. 
Some people just need a different space. And sure, if I look back at some of the people that have left my team, there are there were some misses on my part. I've been better for acknowledging those, right? Knowing that I can't manage everybody the same way, acknowledging that maybe my capacity to do hard work isn't the same capacity that everyone else on my team has. Everyone has their own different limits. And so trying to learn and adapt to every single person has allowed me to acknowledge the failure of, yeah, I lost some good people and move forward with that. It could be something different, right? It could be a big project. Maybe you missed the mark on the project. Your bosses are getting frustrated with you. That doesn't make you a failure. Often we take it on ourselves and our jobs because they become such a big part of who we are that our job is us and us is our job. It's not the case right? I personally know that when I was the most unhappy in my career, that was when my bosses were the most happy with me, right? So acknowledging that there's this kind of give and take and that you are not defined by the work you put out at work. Sure, it's a part of you. You should be proud of it. And you should acknowledge that there's going to be times where maybe you miss the mark. But just because you missed the mark doesn't mean that you as a person are a failure. And so as we continue to go throughout our career, we're going to continue to face these, these points, these pivot points, right? Where maybe we have reached a point where we feel like we've maxed out in a current role and want to do something different. Maybe we've reached a point where we say, you know what, this role isn't healthy for me any longer, or it's not giving me what I need in my life. And therefore, I want to reevaluate and so anytime you reach that point, whether it's a failure, whether you're hitting a ceiling, whatever that is, take a moment to pause and reevaluate where you're at. I know I've personally dealt with that, and I'm still going through that today, where there's always going to be something, that constant revaluation of, you know, am I in the right place? Am I doing the right thing? How do I continue to develop and put myself in positions where, yeah, I can actually fail? I can fail, and because I'm failing in that position, that means I am growing. If you're in a spot where it's so easy, it becomes second nature, you're not pushing yourself. If you're not feeling that threat of failure, you're not pushing yourself. And in a professional career like that, you want to continue to find ways to stretch yourself, learn new strategies, new skills. And for me, that's something that I continue to try to work on. So professional failures, right? There's a variety of different forms. You're going to fail throughout your career. Can you take a moment to say, yes, I am failing, but I'm given an opportunity to come back and succeed? That's a healthy way to look at it versus failure at my job makes me a failure as a person. That's not the right way to look at it. Last here is societal failures. And these are a little bit more high level, right? So societal failures would encompass really large scale issues or challenges that affect maybe your community, different society at, at large, or even our entire country, nation, the world, right? These things can be economic crises, political turmoil, maybe systematic injustice. And a lot of these are disconnected from us as individuals, but we worry about them at times, right? If there's political turmoil, if there is 
you know, economic downturns, all of those things can weigh on us. And what I urge us to do is not allow them to control the way we feel, but instead to take action to learn from them. So for example, if there is an economic crisis, sure, it should be something that we're all prepared for. But if we forecast these things, right, we know that there's going to be ups and downs in the economy. We know that throughout our lifetime, there's likely going to be political turmoil. If we were having turnover at the president, you know, every four to eight years, things are going to change over time. Are we going to be stressed out for the entire time if we don't like the president? I don't think that's healthy. Right? We have to acknowledge that that's part of our world and we have to be adaptable enough to say, yeah, our economy is failing. But because I've planned ahead, I have a nest egg, I've got an emergency fund, I'm okay. Yeah, the president doesn't, I don't align with, with his visions. Okay. That's going to happen. But does that make you stressed out about your life? Does that make you feel like a failure because you don't agree with some of that direction? No. They can be daunting, right? Societal failures can be daunting. They also present opportunities for action, right? You can be an advocate for something that you disagree with on the political scale, right? Or you can help others in need if there's an economic crisis and you've prepared in advance. Inspire individuals around you to come together to create a better future. So some of the key takeaways here is that in a variety of different spheres of our life, whether it's personal failures, professional failures, societal failures at large, it gives us opportunity. Failure equals opportunity. Don't look at it as a negative connotation, right? Something that's going to hurt you. There are going to be things that you have to learn from. But if you do not fail at anything ever, that means you're not putting yourself in a position to succeed. There's this great quote by Alex Hermosi that if you are not failing, you feel like you're on top of the world, on cloud nine, all the time, you need to fight harder opponents. You need to fail. And that allows you to then level up to that next step. As a prime example of failure, I want to talk about my first business. And to lay the stage for this business, we have to go back to kind of 2021, right? I've always loved real estate, something that I've always had interest in. Never really wanted to be a real estate agent, right? Really wanted to focus more on the real estate investment side, some of the back-end work that goes into real estate investing and really stemmed from my love for Monopoly as a kid, right? I would go into the game and every time I'd find some way to win, whether it was bartering my properties or you know, charging a little bit of extra rent if the person couldn't quite afford it. I'd find ways to be savvy. And I wanted to do that in the real world. And so this was my first foray into starting my own business. There were a lot of things that I just had no idea about. Simple things, right? I didn't know how to set up an LLC. I didn't know how to set up a business bank account or get a, you know, a tax ID number, right? All these different things that were new to me. And new to anybody who's starting a business. I didn't have a mentor to look to. And so I was doing a lot of this on my own. And in 2021, I started to think about how I personally could get involved in looking at different investment properties. And so I did. I met with a couple of my real estate agent friends in town. 
and started looking at different investment properties in Boise, Idaho, where I, where I live today. And if you're familiar with the area, it's an area that's very attractive. A lot of people want to move here. It's more affordable than some of the places like California or Washington, but relative to wages, it's fairly expensive, right? There's not a lot of high wages in Boise, Idaho, but the cost of living is very high. And I think last time I checked, we're at least in the top five of most unaffordable houses in the nation. And obviously as a new investor, you want to be able to go walk the property, see the property and do the things that you think about. You you look on Zillow, you fall in love with something, you want to go walk the property, and that's the wrong mindset, right? That's not a business mindset. That's a homeowner mindset where you're trying to see something and feel comfortable because you've seen it. I put a couple offers on properties back in 2021, right? One of them was a duplex. One of them was a fourplex. The fourplex was pushing a million dollars at the time, and... You know, there were, I think, five or six offers on that property, and it got purchased in all cash. I got outbid by an all-cash offer for a million dollars. That made me realize that this is not the little leagues anymore. Not the big leagues either, right? I, I recognize that there's different levels to this, but I was not ready to be putting out million-dollar offers and competing with cash. And so that competitiveness of the Boise market made me reassess my strategy. And so I shifted my direction. I started to get educated. I took a couple online classes, looking to find ways to still invest, find investment properties, but do so maybe outside of the Boise area. And so I was able to find a couple markets that interested me in the Midwest. One specifically that caught my eye was the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area an area where there has been a lack of construction for many years. There's some exodus from Chicago north to the Milwaukee area. There's some growth there, but just not the inventory to keep up. And a lot of working class. So people that probably will never own a home in their entire life, and therefore they just continue to rent. A perfect opportunity, a place where you can find affordable houses and still cash flow those properties. So early 2022, late 2022, I was able to purchase two single family homes in the Milwaukee area. And I started to get the idea of why not try to do this for other people? Why not try to turn this into a business? And that's where the idea of my first business called Remote Portfolio was born. How do I help people invest in real estate outside of their home location. That was the whole premise. Armed with just that idea, I started looking for ways to expand my business. And I know a couple people in town that have started and have a well-established business that I met with this company that does branding. And so I ended up scheduling a session with them and embarked on a two-day branding session called a brandstorming session with Ampersand Studios. If you haven't heard of them, if, you, if you're looking to do something similar, highly recommend them. But started out with this brainstorming session. And day one was all about defining what my business was. And usually they would work with people who would come in and have their own business established and help take it to the next level. In this case, it was starting from ground zero. I came in with an idea something that I'd done for myself, 
and wanted to turn that idea into an actual business. And so on day one, we sat down, we identified my business identity, my really cool thing, what I did that maybe others didn't. We identified different names. So we tossed around a variety of different company names. We worked on a logo. We worked on a brand color scheme. We worked on different potential pitches for social media. We worked on a variety of things on day one, really taking the idea and turning it into an actual business. Day two came in, did a bunch of professional photos and videos, did some 4K Alex Hermosi style videos, sitting on the couch, outlining some of the things that I wanted this business to do. And it was a great two days, right? I turned, again, I turned this idea investing in out-of-state real estate into a business in two days. I took all that information that I had learned, learned how to produce social media accounts, how to post Instagram reels, right? How to use Canva, which is a very helpful tool to create this type of stuff within, within Instagram. I took all of that away. I took it to the next challenge, took it to the next level, right? I built my own website. I went to godaddy.com. There's a lot of drag and drop within that. So I built my, my, my initial website. I used ChatGPT to help build some additional custom website components with code from ChatGPT, right? I realized, oh no, I don't have a way to schedule somebody. And so I tested some different scheduling apps, ended up working with Calendly, right? Learning all of these different systems and components and things that you need to run a business, I started to figure out. As I was getting all these things together for the business, I ruptured my Achilles. So that set me back a little bit. But at the same time, as I come out of surgery, now I'm just home. Right, I'm home, I'm sitting on the couch, and all I'm doing is working during the day, working on this, this business on the side at night. And so I was in it. I was in it every single day. I was doing something to, to make this business successful. And as I started to spin up all the different websites and social media and continuing to grow my presence and get followers on Instagram, I had my first meeting. And again, I, was, I still had a ruptured Achilles. And I'll never forget rolling down, rolling down the sidewalk with my knee scooter, with my backpack, my laptop, to my first ever client meeting, and rolling up to the table with a scooter and having that meeting. Right? I'll never forget it. It was, a, it was a funny moment. The first time I really had gotten out of the house since my surgery, and it was to go have this, this meeting. And I started to have more and more client meetings. So I had you know, probably a handful of different client meetings. I'd talk about what I wanted to do for them, how I could help them invest in real estate outside of their home location, and generally, people were receptive to it. But one thing I started to realize as I got further into it is that not a lot of people are necessarily in the same position I was where I was able to go buy a couple properties, right? Sometimes people have funds available to go deploy to do that, but often it's a little bit more opportunistic or planned out, right? So somebody might be liquidating a certain investment six, nine months from now, maybe it's a year, and they're planning of how, what they're going to do with those funds in 12 months. 
Or it could be we're saving up when we get to this point, we'll have enough to put a down payment on this house, this investment property, but we're not quite sure when that will be. And so there was this a little bit of uncertainty on the timing around and the consistency around how you would make money in this business. And as I got further into it, I realized that it was mostly more of a premium wholesale service. So if, you, if anyone knows what wholesaling is, it's identifying properties that are maybe a discount to market value. And then you basically buy the right to purchase that property and then sell that to somebody else. So for example, let's say you found a property that was worth 150000 The person you find it from off market is selling it for 100000 You then get a wholesale fee, let's just say 10000 $20,000, and then you sell it to your investor for 120000 So the person who's buying it buys it for one twenty, still getting $30,000 of equity, and you get a $20,000 check on closing. Right, so that was the way that I was thinking of pricing and how I would make money in the deals. But there was a lot of work involved in identifying and, and hunting down these properties. And something that really takes not a ton of skill set, just a ton of cold calling and emails and mail outreach and things that didn't require some of the skills that I possessed. And so as I got further into it, I realized that that wasn't something that I enjoyed as much as I thought I would. And the revenue that would be generated is inconsistent at best. In order for it to be successful, you would have to have a very long list of real estate investors that are waiting for you to find deals and you just flip deals back to your investors as they come available, as you find them. Whereas when I have five clients and they're all six, nine, 10 months away, and they're not quite sure when they'll be ready, you can't even really go find deals because once you find a deal, there's nobody to sell it to. And so that realization at the end of all this work that I had done was difficult for me, but it was a lesson that I needed to learn. I had gone about building this business completely backwards. I started with the videos and the photo shoots and the cool brand colors and the cool logos and building this brand story of something that didn't even exist yet. And I wouldn't regret it at all. I don't regret it. But if I look back on all the things that I did, I should have started with how am I going to make money? Let's do a test pilot with some clients that are ready to go. And does it work? Do I make money with this business? And then gone from there. And once I confirm that it's valuable, confirm that I have clients that want to come back and do this again, then I go and I level up the business to the next, next level. I get the brand logo. I make the website. I do all these things that are flashy and cool and fun but aren't actually driving the bottom line of making money. And so for now, remote portfolio is on hold. It's one of those things that I think could still have a lot of value in the future. But in order to do so, you have to have a large audience. You have to have people that are 
you know, in this investor pipeline and you have to have a team that's able to help you scale some of the deal hunting that's involved. And at this point, that's not something that I find as much interest in doing myself. And so I'm looking to pursue other businesses. But all that's to say, this was a failure. If you look at it just on the surface, a business failed. I never made a single dollar with remote portfolio. I spent 10 plus thousand on spinning it up, creating all this content. But if I look at it from a growth mindset perspective, yes, it was a failure, but I learned so much. I learned how to build a website. I learned that pricing and understanding how to make money is the most important thing with a business to start. I need a business plan. And a business plan has to be thought out end to end before you dive into any of these other creative type endeavors. And so I guess the lesson here is that, yeah, it was a failure. You might have a failure like this where you started your own business, want to start your own business. Maybe you're nervous to start your own business. I would say jump right in, but use some of the things that I'm talking about today to your advantage. Figure out how you're going to make money first. Then you can dive in and figure out how to make it cool and flashy and fun to be a, to be a part of what you're doing. All that's to be said, I had a great time building remote portfolio. It was something I'll always look back on as my first business and looking forward to starting business two, three, four, and five as I continue on in my entrepreneurship journey. Now, failure isn't just something that happens in business atmospheres, right? There's other atmospheres in which you can experience failure. And one thing that in my personal life has been an area of, I would say, a little bit more uncertainty is dating. And I'll do an episode on dating in, on another day, but dating in general is, in the modern world, very different, right? You have all these different apps and you're swiping left and right. It's very surface level. You don't always get to know somebody very well that way. And especially as a single parent, your time is of the essence. You don't want to waste time. You don't want to waste anyone else's time at the same coin. But just getting time in your own schedule to go on a date is a big investment to begin with. And so for me, as I've been, you know, dating and going on dates, I try to keep myself to, I would say, a three-date rule. And this is not something that I had defined going into this. It's something that I look back on and say, that's generally how long it takes for me to determine if this is something that I want to continue to pursue. And the lesson here is that within those first three dates, you can feel out, you know, is this the right thing or not? Do we have the same goals? Do we have the same visions, same interests? Do we get along? Do we agree with the person they are? And all these different things that you're doing when you're dating, but not prolonging it, right? Trying to fail as fast as you can to say, yeah, I either want to dive into this and invest in this, or I don't. And I'll move on. And that's been, if I look back on it, sure, it's a failure. You go on three dates, you fail, it doesn't work out, and you move on. But that's a way that you can take that failure and say, yeah, I learned through these three dates that that person wasn't right for me. And it's taught me that these are the things that I want. And so it helps you continue to refine what you're looking for in a partner 
And it's been something that I've been able to continue to grow on where I feel now today, if you were to ask me exactly what I'm looking for, I would be able to tell you because of the things I've learned through going on some of those dates. Another failure of mine is missing some key life moments. And these don't happen very often, but as an example of this, as a parent, we have tons of kids' events, right? Things are going on all the time as a parent. You know how frantic it can be and chaotic it can be. Last year, my daughter does ballet at her school, and they have two recitals. One of them is a mid-year recital, and it's held at their school. It's a little bit more informal. And then there's a second one at the end of the year that's this big uh, dress-up day where they have themes and music and parents come with flowers. It's a lot more formal. It's at a high school. Wouldn't miss that one for the world. But this other one, this mid-year one, it's at school. It's during the middle of the week. And as I was dropping my daughter off to school, she said, hey, dad, we'll see you in a little bit for the recital. I get to work. I get caught up in all the stressful things that are happening during the day. And I forget to go back to the recital. And I'm not hard on myself often, but I was beating myself up about this. How could I miss a recital for my daughter? Especially after I told her I was going to be there. I show up to school. I pick her up. First thing she says is, Dad, why didn't you come to my recital? And my heart just drops. My heart drops. I didn't even realize I had missed it until I picked her up. One of those things where you look inside and you're like, man, am I a good parent? How could I do that? You beat yourself up about it. And I did for a little bit. Several hours I was thinking, man, my daughter's probably only going to have 10 recitals in her life and I missed one of those. That's 10%. But I can't dwell on the failure, right? It was a failure. I have to acknowledge it. I have to say, look, I missed a moment. But what I did that day is I said, I'm going to make a promise that I will not miss another moment like that again. And so there have been times when she'll have certain events field trips, things that are going on in her life at school that I have conflicts with at work, right? I have a work trip that's scheduled or I have something else that's going on and I, I move those. I cancel the work trip. I say, I can't go. I've got other things going on that are more important to me. And so it's helped me grow in the fact that I've been able to reprioritize the things that matter most. And the things that matter most to me are making sure I don't miss those key moments with my daughter. Another failure of me in my personal life is staying connected with friends. And this might resonate with some of you that went to college, maybe in a place that wasn't your hometown. You built this really great group of friends. You're all doing the same things together in college. Maybe you go to the same school, same business school, for example. You study together, you work together, and you all graduate together. For me, it was all of the friends that I built through football, playing football at Idaho State. And we also went through business school together. And so a lot of the things that you build in college with these great group of friends, it feels like it's never going to end. And then you graduate and you all spread, spread out across the country and it becomes hard to stay connected with those friends. I know I'm not very good at this, but simply reaching out to friends and saying, hey, I'm thinking about you. Haven't seen you in a while. Haven't heard from you. I hope everything's good. I don't do that enough. And if I look at my 
my life today, I would say that friendships, because it's not something that I have friends just in town that I've built connections with, I push it off to the side. I have strong relationships with family. I have strong relationships at work. I have a good relationship with my health at this point. But I, I would say that friend, friendships is one of those things that I'm continuing to work on. Right? Staying connected with friends, reaching out to them, making sure they know I care about them. That's one of those things that I continue to work on and, and continue to work on to this day. Fourth is managing people in unique ways. And I touched on this briefly earlier, but it's something I've continued to have to work on in my, my life. People are all so very different. They all take feedback in different ways. They all have different levels of capacity uh, of things that they can and can't do. They all burn out at different rates. And it's this balance, right? Especially as a, as a leader, if you want to push your people, you want them to be better, but you want them to be in an equilibrium where you push them a little bit and then you ease off and they are able to stabilize and be steady. You push them a little bit so they continue to grow and they're steady. And there have been times when I personally have pushed people too far. I've expected too much and they've burned out as a result. And so recently I had a conversation with somebody in that they were under the impression that they were communicating their burnout to me. And I did not receive it in a way that I thought they were burned out. And so I continued to push on them. I was a little frustrated with them. And in hindsight, I look at it and say, look, I failed as a leader. I didn't recognize the signs. I didn't ask the right questions to this person. And I just kept pushing. And so if you're in a position like this, whether it's, you know, in your workplace, maybe you're a coach, you're a teacher, or even just a parent, right? Each kid, each person you work with is going to be a little bit different. So how can you tailor your message to them? How can you be uniquely a leader for them to allow them to flourish in their own capacity. Those are some of my stories from personal failures. They're all different, right? Some of them are related to work. Some of them are related to personal life. And I urge you to take a moment to look at your own life and things that you've viewed as failures in the moment. If you look back on them, do you really think they're failures now? Oftentimes it it feels like a failure in the moment, but then we look back on it and it was a lesson that helped propel us to new heights. And so as we continue forward, if we're able to shorten that gap of realizing the failure is a lesson, it allows us to move much more quickly into our growth mindset. Next, I want to talk a little bit about the psychology of failure, right? And a few different things related to this, mostly around the fear of failure which prevents a lot of us from even taking action. And this is something that if I talk about my business, my first business that, that failed, I didn't start it for a period of time. I think four to five months after my idea came because I was worried that it wouldn't work out. And so I just sat on the idea for four to five months. And we often think of these things that we want to do. We have ideas about, but we never turn those ideas into reality because we fear that if we end up trying it and we fail, then we are a failure. It's a direct reflection on our perception of our self-worth. And so we then just pursue a safer option. 
instead of leaving the corporate job and jumping into the world and trying something on your own, you keep the safer option. You work at a corporate job until you're 65, you retire, you regret not pursuing those goals you had when you were 20, 30, 40, whatever it was, and you never get that time back. That fear of failure perpetuates throughout your whole life and you never make the plunge. And it's easy. It's easy to let that happen, right? It, fear is, a, is something that plays into all of us, right? It, it impacts our decision-making and it makes us look at making safer decisions. As humans, we're taught to try to be safe. Our brain is not going to let us reach that point of failure by nature, right? We get to something, we get a little bit stressed, we pull back. We get to something, we get a little bit stressed, we pull back. We get a little fear, we pull back. What if we thought about it in a different way? What if we think about it as fear is a sign, stress is a sign of a failure that we need to go through? Starting my own business, I was fearful. I had no idea what to expect. I took the plunge anyway. And now it's the next fear. I've raised my bar of failure. I've learned so much through that failure that now it's, it's raised. And if you don't ever take that plunge, if you don't ever say, yeah, I've reached this stress threshold and push through it, it's always going to stay down here. But if you push through that stress or fear threshold, you open yourself up to a lot of personal and professional growth. So a few tips on overcoming fear, uh, fear of failure is think of failure as just a normal part of the learning process, right? When we're in first grade and we're learning math, we get a lot of the math problems wrong, but that's part of the process. Do you remember learning how to add, multiply, subtract? Maybe you're doing a mad minute where you're doing as many problems as you can in a minute. We didn't get them all right. But if we look back and we, we think about doing all those different mathematics at this point, it would be easy. But just think if we had given up as a first grader. So try to adopt this growth mindset that looks at failure as your chance to continue to improve. And obviously, the challenges we face as we grow older aren't mad minutes, right? We're not solving for addition and subtraction. We're making significant life changes. But that can be paralleled into life, right? Take that as an example. Learn from failures that you're faced with. Go through them and bounce back. Having that resiliency to say, I know this is going to be tough. I know I'm probably going to fail here and there, but I'm going to be persistent with it. And those expectations are set. You know there's going to be stress. You know it's going to be hard to reach those goals. But you're okay because you know that if you're feeling that failure a little bit, you're growing. And you're getting better. So all that's to say, if we're thinking about the psychology of failure, fear often is something that we set a limit in our brain, but we can push past it, right? See failure as a chance to learn and grow and help people become more successful in the long run. The last thing I want to talk about today is this concept of a multi-axis pendulum of life. We have these different important things in our life. And it's going to be different for everybody, right? 
if I look personally, I would say I have four different pendulums. On one side, I have my health. I have friendships. I have family and I have my career. And to ensure that the pendulum stays even, I focus on all of those trying to stay as balanced as possible. And I recognize that all four of those categories aren't always going to need the same level of attention based upon where you are in your life and your different circumstances. Right? There may be times in your life where career and health are the most important and maybe family and personal relationships take a back seat. There may be times when personal relationships take the front seat and work takes a back seat. Maybe you just had your first child. And you want to focus on being the best parent you can be. And work takes a backseat to that. Maybe even health at the same time. But you can't stay imbalanced forever. right? And so finding ways to shift and say, you know what? Look, I'm a little bit out of balance. I need to find ways to rebalance. And so an example of this is this week, I had a very busy week at work. And I was a little bit overweighted on the work side of the pendulum. I had spent a lot of time with my family lately, and so I felt pretty good on the personal relationship side. And felt a little bit neglected on the health side. Was working really hard and needed a little bit of time. And so I asked my mom to come help me watch my daughter so I could go work out. And I did. I took that time to realize, look, I'm, I'm overweighted. And if I'm not balanced, I can't be a good father. I can't be a good son. I, I can't even be as good of a worker as I should be. And I need to, even though I have all this other stuff going on, I need to lean on those around me to rebalance this pendulum. And so as you look at your own life, I encourage you to define this, this pendulum of life for yourself. Right? Where, where do you sit in all those different categories? Maybe your categories are a little bit different. Maybe you're at a point in your life where there's different priorities and the weighting is a little bit different, but we always have to be continually assessing. Am I overweighted on my work? Do I need to scale that back? Do I need to focus a little bit more on health? Get that back in balance. Think about that as you go throughout your day to day. And this allows you to say, yeah, maybe I'm failing in my health today. I'm going to focus on that, rebalance it a little bit and use that failure to assess where you are at. And as we wrap things up here today, I want to finish with a quote. And this is something that I had actually written down in my notes in my phone and had been saving and it just came to my mind as I was walking around one day. And it is failure in and of itself is not a bad thing. It gets a negative connotation, but failure is an opportunity. You hit a wall, something didn't work. You give up or learn the lesson and push through. Lack of failure might just be holding you back. My challenge to us all this week is to try something new. Maybe it's something you have been worried about trying due to your perceived potential for failure. Let's reframe that and think of it as an opportunity. Thank you for listening today. If you like the show, I would greatly appreciate you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, stay on your path, stay inspired, and above all, stay great. We'll see you soon.